Hey guys, what's going on? It is Greg, Zach, and Hannah today. Hello. Scott is gone, and Hannah's speaking in the North Loop today. How are you feeling about that? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you've, this is the second time in a month that you've been on the podcast. Yeah. I'm a regular now. How do you feel about that? Mm, slightly better than last time. <laughs> Why? Because I got to be prepared this time, so I feel better. I mean, you could have been prepared last time. Mm, okay. <laughs> I don't know Did about that. Did you get the like, food thrown at you kind of thing at service while you were speaking? No. Okay. It was, it that was means you, good. Failed. you weren't a good speaker unless you got food thrown at you. So uh, we'll make sure people are set this week to get the tomatoes ready. This week we'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we are back with another uh, behind the message, just an opportunity to kind of share what we're processing. I think like I have this like idea in my mind, or at least I did when I was in youth group and growing up in church that these pastors were these like super wise people. And then they had these special things that I had to listen to every Sunday and that would change my life. And uh, as a pastor now, that's simply just not reality. Um, we're all the same and, uh, you know, some of us have more education in certain areas and that kind of thing, but, uh, that doesn't make my faith any more real than your faith and my faith any more real than Hannah's faith or Zach's. And so, um, coming to church on Sunday morning to try to get wisdom from some random person from the stage, uh, it's a lot of pressure that I don't need, that we don't need in our life. And uh, we want to break down those barriers and really show you that this is process, that faith is process. And that's that's what we're engaging in. So we're going to jump in in a couple minutes and uh, just talk through what we're talking about this week. We're kicking off a new series. So uh, it should be fun. I think this is a fun series and uh, we'll share that with you in a bit. But uh, yeah, welcome to another Behind the Message. starting a new series and uh the series is called clickbait zach what is what is the uh, deal? why why clickbait is one of the best things if you know scott at all he's a little bit older than greg and i and uh <laughs> when we first started this idea we planned out to just do bible stories and scott not knowing what clickbait was we started to describe we should do this thing and uh some of the titles he came up with for clickbait were not things like <laughs> Give me your lunch money. <laughs> you know what clickbait is. It's definitely not a clickbait title, but uh, if you don't know what clickbait is, that's okay. Really, it's just content whose main purpose is just to get you to a web page. And often the title of this article has nothing to do with the content of the page, and you get to the page and you're tricked. Like, oh, scientists want people to stay ignorant of this one simple thing that can save them a 110% on their car insurance. This one simple trick this one woman used. And uh, as we look through all these stories of the Bible, thought how funny would it be to come up with clickbait titles for everything. So this week we're talking about creation, the garden, Adam and Eve, and the clickbait title that we came up with was, he said this one phrase, what happened next changed everything. Ooh, Doesn't that make you want to just... Oh, I just want to click on it. You're what probably listening so intently right what? now. Dude, what was the one phrase? What changed? How, how did it change everything? Oh, what? Oh, so crazy. 
But uh, what, what do you think about clickbait, Hannah? What, what's something that you've been tricked by? Oh, a lot of things. Do you get tricked by clickbait every day? I try not to click it, but sometimes it's too enticing. I try not to click it. <laughs> I feel like you click and then you get, you know, you scroll to the bottom of the page and there's all those little icons of crazy pictures that yeah. makes you want to click more. It's like the visual clickbait. It's a trap forever. Yeah. This one Definitely company trap. is upsetting men's underwear industry. Find out this one simple trick that the owners did. You gotta click it. Yeah. <laughs> the voice is perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good voice. Yeah. So we, like Zach said, we are trying to sh- go through stories in the Bible. And I think we have 10 stories, right? Yeah. And, uh, like, I thought even, like, a clickbait for the whole series could be something like the 10 stories you need to know to be a real Christian. Yeah. And so those are... The, Number the three stories. will shock you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go through the 10 stories. And the goal is to talk about, have these conversations around these 10 stories. Uh, the Probably the 10 most well-known stories in the Bible. 10 stories that everybody, uh, even people that aren't members of a church, people that aren't necessarily, uh, don't consider themselves Christian, they've probably heard these stories. They probably know things about these stories. And we want to have the conversation about, like, what do people know about this story? And then the conversation of deeper, like, what should we actually know from this story? Like, what is the value of these? What's happening here? Um, I think for me, when I look at church or uh, Bible stories as a whole, it's always important to continue to ask the questions of, like, what does this story say about who God is? What does the story say about who I am? And then what does the story say about what our relationship, my relationship with God and humanity's relationship with God, what, what is that supposed to look like? And so we are jumping into uh, the Genesis story today, creation, uh, really creation all the way through the fall of man. Um, and uh, we're going to be jumping into uh, just that story and having conversation about it. I think with church history, the last 50 years especially, we've taken a lot of these stories and we, we kind of have made them clickbait for people. We've said, oh, we need to attract people's attention to this story or to this whole idea of faith. What's one really catchy phrase we could use to make sure people understand the story? And uh, we've done a disservice to ourselves. And uh, kind of like Greg said, we want to make sure we take this series uh, and really jump in as a community. What is this story even saying? What is it getting to? Uh, why do people know these stories in the first place? You can go up to a lot of people on the street and say, do you know anything about the story of Moses and the whale? And if you're a Christian, if you've been around church, you know that I'm wrong. That's, uh, it's Joseph and the whale, actually. <laughs> but why do people know these stories in the first place? And why we turn them into these clickbait type things? Like, oh, we just got we got to make it clever. Um, what, you, about, what types of things do you think people know? So, jumping into creation, what what do you think people actually know? About that, like, what are the the generic facts of the story? Like, what 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 do people know about it? What do you know about it? I think I think of like boom, then there were people, or there was person, and then there were people, and they caused some trouble. Hmm. I think people know that a snake was involved sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Forget about that. Forget about the snake. Mm-hmm. And people, people like, oh, there was an apple. Yeah. The lady ate the apple. Mm-hmm. Snow White? Yeah. Is this a Snow White story? Is that what... <laughs> 
I'm confused. Uh, so we're going to ask a dialogue question um, just to try to get people to have that thought of like, what do people know about these stories? Uh, where were you first introduced uh, to these Bible stories? Or where do you think people in your world and your local were introduced to these common Bible stories? And then kind of jumping into uh, sharing what we're actually talking about, like the goal of this conversation is one to realize that through this story, what we should know is that God knows me. Mm. And then what is the outcome of that? So how does that actually change things? How does that affect things when we realize that God knows me? It could be easy to get into the creation conversation and spend an hour talking about, did it really happen? Did it not? And we want to create some space for that. But really the goal of these stories is not that we would get to a point of, yeah, we've been able to prove that this story actually happened. But again, going back to what's actually going on in the story, uh, what do we need to know from it? And that's one of the biggest themes that we see in the creation story is, uh, man, God knowing us. That's that's a big thing. Yeah. Do you think it? Do you think the creation story is actually literal? I guess I've never thought about it. I don't know. Do you, I guess another question is because, like, I the, the when we talk about creation story, like Zach was saying, it can like we can get stalled at this idea of like, is it literal? Mm. Is it metaphorical? Mm-hmm. And then we have this debate about like, like if it's not true, then can you believe that everything else is true in the Bible? Yeah. Or if it is a metaphor, what else is a metaphor? Like those mm-hmm. types of things. And we get stalled and it's easy for like to intellectually get stalled at mm-hmm. that conversation. But like, is that the point of the creation story? Is that, we believe that it actually happened. Is it written that way? I, I mean, if you look at just from a literature standpoint of how it's written, it's mm-hmm. not written very factual. In fact, this story is a story that's been shared verbally for humans in for centuries. And so before it was ever written down. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, like I, my, my thought is it doesn't matter. Like, I think really what we should be looking at is what is the, what is the story trying to tell us? Not did the story actually happen or not? What is this story actually trying to share about? Yeah. There's this, you guys are so talkative. <laughs> our focus verse for this week is going to be found in Psalms. And the Psalms are a lot of collection of these songs and writings and just moments where people have written down just really deep feeling. And Psalm 139 talks about how God knew us before we were ever formed. Before we became something in a womb, uh, we were knit together by him. We're fearfully, wonderfully made. Um, that That's an amazing picture. Uh, Romans 5 speaks to this moment of uh, just Paul talking about just the right time while we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, God demonstrating his own love. For us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we've made the gospel oftentimes. You're a sinner. You need a savior. It's so much a bigger picture than that. If we look all the way back to creation and we see this picture of Adam and Eve, and even if it's metaphorical, what is it telling us about God? I think it speaks so much to this God being a creator, this all-powerful being, chooses to create humanity out of love. 
uh, that's a big scale. As a human, when I think about that, if I believe in God, this infinite creator who exists unto himself, doesn't really need me, but has chosen to create me, build me into relationship with him, invite me into that. Uh, that's massive. And we've got kind of a scale video that we're going to show this week. If you've ever looked at the scale of the universe uh, interactive thing on the Internet, if you haven't checked it out, just use the Googles. Search for scale of the universe. And it's a sliding scale that takes you down to the smallest thing known to man and then the largest thing known to man, the observable outer space that we can see right now. Uh, really gives you a perspective on how small we as humans really are and that God, the creator of the universe, is infinitely larger than we can imagine. And it hurts my brain. There's a lot of things that are like brain hurting when we talk about the story of creation. Yeah, we uh, we see in Genesis one twenty six. So this is like the story of like what's actually happening, uh, what's going on. And you know, last week we talked we talked about diversity. I, you know, I feel like I struggled through that whole conversation last week. Uh, but really, like the thing for me that keeps hitting me is is that when God made human in his image verse 27 so said so god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them so like they, there's this zach portrayed this picture of god this massive thing this knowing everything being so far outside of our understanding of reality and yet we are made just like that mm. we're made just like him or her we're made in his image and uh man that's that's hard to like wrap your head around and i don't even know like where you go from there um but like i get so stuck on that that reality that humankind is made to reflect the creativity the love the kindness the compassion of who god is even when we talk about diversity that we miss we hold on to an idea wow, we were made in your image, God, but then, you know, we even see someone who, like, we just don't agree with, that we see things so differently from, we have a hard time getting along with, and we can quickly forget, man, this person has the same value that God's placed on me, God's also placed on them. Uh, it's uh, it's just a lot to, to take in. And again, that's another bigger picture thing that I don't think we have to get caught up in the story being, oh, did this happen? Is this exactly what I need? There's one thing that I can learn from this. And if I don't learn it, I've missed God in it. I think there's so much more to each of these stories than that. Um, we're moving into Genesis 2 and this week and just the whole picture of what God did with Adam and, and Eve and commanding Adam you can eat from any tree in the garden. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you eat from it, you'll surely die. Um, just kind of then bringing Eve into the picture of, as well. Um, in the midst of this story, God is like calling out humanity, knowing them, having empathy, trust, entrusting them with all this stuff. And uh, just the scale of that, God pulls humanity, even the picture of Eve coming out of Adam, this rib being pulled from him. Um, we've got a lot of verses that kind of support that idea, but uh, with that whole idea of scale, what do you feel, Hannah, even when you think about 
you've got this creator. There's all these thousands of things that I don't even know. I'm never even going to know. But somehow God knows me. And not just knows me, but like cares about me intimately. What does that do for you? How does that make you feel? Uh, Greg likes feelings. feelings so does Hannah. <laughs> You're the most feeling person. Uh, yeah. yeah. Asking me or Hannah, how does that make you feel? It's like, uh, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. How does, it, yeah. how does it impact you? What, what thoughts does it bring to mind? How does it change how you do life when you understand, wow, there's this God who created things and didn't really need me, but has chosen to build me and not stay at a distance, but know me intimately. I think the question that for people like Hannah and I, and it's easier to respond is when you realize that there's this God who has created everything that has this intimate knowledge of the world and loves you so much that knows every hair on your head and uh, knit you together in your mother's room, all these verses that we're going to go over. What, what is your response to that? Yeah. How do you respond? Yeah. I don't even know. I was thinking about this earlier because I feel like you're supposed to have this like emotional response to it, or I know people that would have an emotional response yeah, to Zach. it, and oh, that's yeah. not me. <laughs> and then I wonder if I'm really getting it, and then I wonder how I can get it or how I can get there. And yeah. I think part of it is knowing that I absorb information differently yeah. than you, or I feel different than you or yeah. other people. But I think it's also looking for moments in life where people have been that to me and they've been these like little specks of the amount that God knows us or loves us or would forgive us because I think those moments when humanity does that for me is huge and then thinking of that what? thinking of that there's a beep I keep hearing I'm not trying to interrupt you I'm trying to figure out where like, it's coming from times a million is the way that God does it yeah so knowing that I can get a glimpse of it and then doing math in my head, I think, yeah. helps me understand it a little bit more instead yeah. of just thinking of it as a concept because that doesn't really do anything for me. There's like the multifaceted nature of God, and it's so easy and tempting to take what we experience God to be and then to overlay that over someone's life and to say, you haven't experienced it this way, so you must be missing God when really... I mean, if God's a God of creation, all of creation, there are infinite manifestations of him that we won't even get to see a small fraction of. And that if he's created us in his image, yet we're all individually unique, the way that he'll interact with us is so individual and to the point that we need it to be. And uh, for me, I mean, growing up in church, like if you didn't have the emotional experience, you just you were missing something. You were missing God. And he was showing up for someone else. And because you weren't having that same experience, something was wrong with you. So part of this conversation is that, that we want to define from the perspective of creation that uh, whoever you are, wherever you're at, uh, we as Corner Church believe that God created you with purpose, with destiny. And he looked at you and said, you are good. And it has nothing to do with emotions. And some of you will feel emotions like I do, like, oh. That's so cool, God. Like, you created me. Well, that's so powerful. And other people who like Greg and Hannah <laughs> actually use their brains for things a lot of times. <laughs> I use my brains sometimes. But just uh, the it speaks to the nature of God that he is the God who shows up in the sweet, like, tender, emotional moments. And he's the God of 
the deepest of mathematics and the things that we're just discovering as people uh, that God created all of that. And he's made us all in his image in different facets of who he is. That's really powerful. And when we look at other people, it can be easy to want to put them in our camp or say they're outside our camp. But the person I look at who's different from me on every level, they are created in the image of God. This creation account says, whoever you are, how different you are from me, how much I might disagree with you, you have so much value because God created you and looked at you and said, you are good. That's a good thing. Let's talk a lot about that this week. Yeah, I love that. It's this... Like, the creation story is our story, and we can look on it backwards, yes. Like, historically, it's our story. It sets up, sets the stage for the whole Bible. It sets the stage for who God is. It sets the stage for who humanity is and how we're supposed to have relationship with each other. But also, in, like, a micro level, like, that story is my story. Like, God created me. He said that I made you good. And then because of my imperfection and because of my choices in life, I have oftentimes failed in that. And, uh, and that has real consequence, but it doesn't mean forever separation. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the creation account, you look at the fall and it's setting the stage of like, man, we really missed the mark. And I think we've each had those moments where we say, yeah, man, we missed this mark. We missed the mark that we were supposed to do, supposed to be. And then if we look at that alone and we say the creation story stands on its own, uh, there's not a lot of hope in it. Like, Mm -hmm. we're cast out. We're separated. It's over. Uh, So that's why it's important to turn the page. And that's why it's important that we have these other 10 stories and the rest Mm -hmm. of the Bible is to see that, Yes, there's consequences for our actions, but it doesn't lead to eternal separation from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of moments where we can take certain scriptures way out of context and make them our theology for who Jesus is, what Christianity is. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this, but in your Christian experience, Hannah, like church-wise, all the stuff you've grown up in, maybe. Have you experienced those types of moments of, oh, here's a thought, an idea, it's just true. So, like, let's take Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is that something like, would you say you grew up in a culture that would use things like that as definers for how we live faith? I know for me that was the case. Mm, I don't think so. My church growing up wasn't very, like cutthroat at all I feel like (laughs) maybe they weren't real enough now that I'm looking back but no I feel like we weren't really like that and it wasn't like a it was a very like midwestern old people church so nothing really got crazy yeah which I think on one hand can be okay but on the other hand then you had no example of like what real relationship was like because no one was being vulnerable with each other at least as far as I knew yeah so kind of a two-sided thing going on there. Yeah. What is, so this, you're speaking in North Loop this week, beyond the stress and stuff of doing some, have you spoken there before? Mm-mm. This is your first time speaking in North Loop. You're going everywhere. You, Hannah's spoken at all the locations now probably more than, more than I have. I know, they keep stealing her from uptown. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Beyond, like, the stress of, like, speaking, new environment, three services that are all close together, mm-hmm. uh, 
computer, all the stresses of, oh, I just am layering in all the things. That <laughs> it's all so I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to help you stressed out. But like, Your beyond all of that, Sunday morning, <laughs> yeah, so well. when you look at the creation story and what it says about who God is and what it says about who humanity is that, yes, we've missed the mark. Um, what is, what, what do you feel like you're supposed to share on Sunday? I think as I was reading this over a few times, the thing that felt personal to me was what kind of what we were talking about, Zach, is how I feel like I'm saying words and I understand that I feel like I'm supposed to feel a certain way or that there's one way that you're supposed to feel, but that I don't necessarily feel that way myself. So how can I stand up there and imply that to other people so I was definitely planning on touching on like how I respond to that and how other people who may respond like me can try to think about it in a way that makes more sense yeah so I think that's an important thing Hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's the goal right like we start off this conversation we're talking about what do people know about this story and then in the end we're talking about what should people know is that we are like each of us we are individuals and we are all representatives of who God is made in his image yeah. and we're not complete when we're by ourselves but our responsibility to faith and the way we do faith there is aspects of it that are individual mm-hmm. and how God relates with us and I like to use the example all the time like uh, like even Zach or Kelsey, my wife, like I have a relationship with Kelsey and Zach has a relationship with Kelsey and they're not the same. Yeah. That's probably good. Yeah. That's probably good. It's probably good. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but that doesn't mean that Zach's relationship with Kelsey is not real. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the same way we have each have a relationship with God and God's the same, but we're different. And I think God's smart enough to, to use how we relate to him best with us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's an intellectual approach. Sometimes that's emotional. Sometimes it's a dream that wakes us up in the middle of the night. Like the list goes on and on. And uh, we should be continuing to figure those out. And uh, we have responsibility in figuring that out. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Greg, you've mentioned this idea that. Uh, I fully believe in that as people, if we're seeking truth, uh, I think truth will lead us to the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. If in our heart, we really evaluate, yes, I want to know what's true. I don't know if I have truth, but I I know I want to pursue that. I think that will lead us to Jesus. And we look at these stories as we get into the next kind of 10 weeks, it could be real easy to take these things out of context. That's just the stories that they are. And even back to Romans 3.23, all of sin falls short of the glory of God. When we stop there, we miss the whole picture. And so continue to look back to the bigger picture. What's the big picture in all of this as we look at creation? What's it pointing to? As we get deeper into stories, where are they coming from? Where are they going? Are they pointing at something? It's funny, Romans 3.24, uh, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus. I, I grew up never hearing Romans 3.24. It's only ever <laughs> 3.23. And so as a culture, we want to step into, yes, there is the reality of Romans 3.23. 
There's also the reality of Romans 3.24. There's the reality of the creation. If we stop at the end of the story, I think we're missing some. Where There's more to it. What's it pointing to? Uh, we really want this to push us toward the person of Jesus, toward truth, toward more growing. And we're glad we get to do it together. We're definitely better together in this. Yeah, I love that picture of love and truth is wrapped up in the person of who Jesus is. And so anytime we are pursuing love or anytime we're pursuing truth, uh, we, we will go to Jesus. And so if you know people in your world who uh, maybe they don't know Jesus, but they're pursuing love in their neighborhood or they're pursuing uh, truth and reality, man, we should be the first people to be supportive of that. The first people to partner with them, the first people to help. Um, and the churches miss that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's funny that all of these social services and things and nonprofits that are trying to fill the gap of where the church missed it. Yeah. When there's people hurted, hurting and we said, but you're not a Christian organization, so we can't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to break that reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. It. How how are you feeling about everything else for Sunday? How are you feeling? That's Tell us your feelings. I never feel anything. <laughs> I'm kind of a default. Yeah, I, that's why Hannah and I get along. So well. Yeah, yeah. Why doesn't Hannah I don't, feel anything? I don't have to. I like, like have feelings. I feel like sometimes I have to cater to people's emotions. Yeah. In a relationship, like oh, I can't say that it might hurt their feelings or. Yeah. Or I'll say something and I'll be thinking in the back of my head. I wonder how they really took it. <laughs> I feel like I don't need to do any of that with Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> That's and I feel like I can go to a Sunday and see Hannah and say hi and then not talk to her and she's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I feel I have to cater to people's feelings by just having conversation with them. Yeah. <sighs> That's interesting. Um, so, quick end note: a couple things coming up in Corner World. Uh, she didn't tell us what she was stressed about. Oh, sorry, oh. so stuck. I think I'm fine. I think it'll be fine. Do you have any questions? Scott sent a very detailed list with pictures and arrows of where like everything plugs in. That makes yeah. me feel great. Yeah. 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 Hannah likes detail. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, in ten years, we'll have robots to set up for us. That sounds great. Great. Mm-hmm. We won't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're glad you're here. Thanks. We're excited you're Scott for a week. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> upgrade. It's an yeah. upgrade for sure. <laughs> uh, if you're part of... Yes. <laughs> Model 2.0. <laughs> if you're part of the Corner World, we have our uh, annual meeting coming up in... 24th, right? 24th? Is it February 24th? Yeah. Uh, sometime. Yeah, February 24th. It's going to mm-hmm. be at North Loop, so... Uh, feel free to join us. It's just some vision, some planning. Also, we're uh, talking about like we're launching membership and partnership and building a board and all of the really, really fun stuff that we've never done as a church because so exciting because it's so fun. It's we've just hard. been waiting for 13 years to do this. <laughs> you can't hear the sarcasm. It's there. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be, it's going to be a good time for us to rally together and plan how can we set ourselves up as a church as an organization as people that can really be the church and and do the church's work in our neighborhoods yeah yeah we got united service coming up in april uh and this is way ahead of time but just as a 
just as a little blip, there's a woman's retreat coming up the week before Mother's Day. Not a little blip. You have a month to register. Oh, yeah. You've got a month to register. So, so get on it. It's on the website. If you're a woman and you're interested at all in going on a women's retreat within a couple hours drive of the Twin Cities, highly recommend it. Um, should be good. I've never been a woman, so I don't know what it's like to go to a women's retreat. But Really? Yeah. Hmm. I can dress up and try real hard. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it would, I don't think it would work. Yeah, but we we definitely if you are interested in doing it, please register sooner than later because we are trying to finalize details and we can't do that till we know how many people are coming. Yeah. Uh, there's a cap of twenty, so um, if it gets filled and you really want to come, we will say sorry and uh, Zach will feel bad and I will not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And again, uh, if you're listening at distance and you ever find yourself in Minneapolis area, please reach out to us. We know a couple coffee shops. We'd love to have you for coffee and have food and just hang out. We'd love to just spend time with you. Yeah. We like community and connecting with people. That's what we do. So I uh, hope to see you guys on Sunday and uh, everyone else. We love you all. Have a good week. Bye. 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 <laughs>